What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Wayne G. Hopefully you heard the intro music. I know that we were having some technical difficulties on our end, and you couldn't really hear it. I am joined only by Jesse today. Sully could not make it. I told I was you we were th- going to get rid of him soon. You know, all those awful remarks he's making about the Patriots. We were getting rid of him. I was trying to think of something really embarrassing to say that he couldn't make it because he was doing, like, a, I don't know, some sort of a porn shoot or something, but he'd like that, so... <laughs> Uh, all right, so anyways, yeah, the music we tried to get going, it, it didn't play last week, and, and I just played it now, and hopefully you guys can hear it on your end. I know Jesse couldn't hear it. I can hear it in my headphones, so hopefully you guys will hear everything. I have some sound to play today, and so if Jesse can't hear it, it's going to be uh, very disappointing because it's uh, it's good sound. So we'll go from there. Uh, if not, that's fine. Yeah, it'll be a little tough. Uh, I mean, we, we understand, you know, you guys' patience, and we appreciate it. So thank you guys for continuing to listen. All right. Now... Again, this is we are live on the Facebook page. We're kind of like frazzled because we're all just rushing to get this done, and we didn't have the uh, our third host in. But we are on the, the Facebook page, RTF Sports page, the um, Infinity Sports page. You can watch this every Monday, every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can also watch us or listen to us on the RTFSportsNetwork.com, one o'clock Tuesdays and Thursdays. So definitely do that as well. Now. If you miss any part of the show or you can't hear the music, hopefully you'll hear the music, although I know you couldn't last time on the, uh, the download, but you can download the episode at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We are. i got to change those dates. I haven't changed those yet. I have to make a mental note to change the uh, the times and the RTF, but that's where you can find us in terms of downloading the podcast. And, of course, you can reach out to us on social media. So, Jesse, why don't you run through the social media options with the fans? Most definitely. All right, everybody. We are on Facebook at Infinity Sports Podcast. We thank you, Wayne, for making it through all the trials and tribulations of that name change. Uh, Then we are over on Instagram. We post pictures multiple times a day. We're looking for comments there as well. We are at Infinity Sports Podcast. And with a slight curveball on Twitter because it was a bit of a struggle getting the uh, handle that we originally wanted, we are at Sports Infinity 5. And that is a play on the last segment of the show, our favorite segment and your favorite segment. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is my favorite segment. I think most people enjoy that because it's kind of a personal touch. You get to know a little bit about us. It's not sports-related. It's the most interactive. I think we all have differing opinions every time. I think very rarely throughout these have we had the same list or a couple of the same people. So it's awesome, and it's definitely our favorite segment. Strikeout Beer, what's up, guys? Thank you for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Hopefully you guys get to hear the intro music. If not... Like I said, it's going to be surprising when I play. I have a video, actually, I'm going to play later, and hopefully there's some noise with it. Otherwise, it's going to be, you're going to have to guess what they're saying. Um, going back to our brand here. So we've got uh, my notes here. I'm going to be looking at my notes frequently because, again, very unprepared today. Um, obviously, you're free to interact with us. So strike out there, you know, put a comment in. We, we will react with you guys. Uh, there is about a 30-second delay, so if you do say something, don't be surprised if it doesn't get brought up right away or if you're reacting to something and then we kind of move on a little bit because there is like that 30-second delay from the time we're speaking to the time we see the post. So, Wayne, what are we going to be talking about today? I know uh, one portion of the show we're certainly going to be talking about the news. That's something we always touch, but another exciting segment, something I brought up was Hall of Fame or not. That is a great segment, and I'll be honest, I did not write down the names. Hopefully you have the names there. Otherwise, I, can just pull- I absolutely have all the names that you gave us. All right, perfect, perfect. So that we'll go over that, and uh, I'm actually going to show here the other bit of news before we talk about news is I do have an advertisement for the show. Ronnie Fields is going to be joining the show next Monday at 7 p.m. Obviously, when we do our show, hopefully all of our sounds working. He's going to join the show. It's really, really, really big 
get for us. So if you're a basketball fan, basically, you've probably heard of Earl Manigault, the GOAT, uh, from New York City, Rucker Park. He's a legend in Rucker Park. Wayne, throw yeah. that picture back up. Throw the picture back up here. Boom. Who is in that picture with Ronnie Fields? That's Kevin Garnett. That was his teammate at Farragut Academy for one year. They won the state championship, I believe, or I'm not 100% sure. We'll have to ask him, but him and KG were teammates. And actually, Ronnie Fields was the number two high school player in the country in 1996 behind Kobe Bryant. Wow. So being being on a team with KG, a guy that is in the incoming NBA Hall of Fame class, and Wayne has him coming on the show, Infinity Sports, on my birthday. Oh, nice. Well, it'll be a nice happy birthday for you. Um, great. I wrote a, uh, a blog about Ronnie called Into the Shadows. It's on rtfsportsnetwork.com if you go to the blog section. It's one of the first ones I did, and it really gives you a great rundown of his high school career, his post-high school career, and what he's up to now, which is really coaching youth basketball, doing basketball camps. And uh, I've been in touch with him the past couple of weeks, and that's kind of what he's been doing. And so what I'm trying to nail down a time is, like, oh, I have camp that day or whatever. But it's really, really great what he's doing with the youth there in Chicago. Absolutely. Uh, we know the Chicago hoop scene has always been huge, so – for us to be able to get a guy like this is amazing. And I, I remember back when you told Sully and I that you were going to be writing your blog about Ronnie Fields. And I was so sarcastic and snarky, and I was like, sick. I had no <laughs> idea who it was. And then you said, I encourage you to look him up. It's a great story. And so I did. I looked him up, and then I actually read your blog, and I was just in love with this guy's story. You know, so tough to see all the things he went through, to see the stardom he could have had. But for him to still be continuing in the game of basketball and, and dealing with youth, it's amazing that he's still in it. So uh, really, really awesome that we're bringing this to you guys next Monday, guys. Come and see Ronnie Fields talk to you guys from Infinity Sports. All right. Now, uh, strikeout, we were saying that my mic not might not be coming through. Now, you can hear me over there. Um, so I'll actually just have to play with it during our news segment here. I'm going to unplug it and plug it back in. So have fun staring at the news graphic, everybody, while uh, I play some music, which hopefully comes through. And uh, enjoy figure it out all right so that was the news you can hear me all right Strike, I can still hear you, Wayne, but strike up here. If you can do us a solid and just let us know if you can hear Wayne, we're going to let Wayne start with the news. And if you let us know that you cannot hear him, then I'm going to jump in. All right, cool. So hopefully you guys uh, let us know. Uh, obviously, strike up here again. Nice grab with Ronnie Fields. So we'll definitely be looking forward to that interview. Now, for the news, I know normally we do this day in history. I have that as well. But the first news I want to go, I really hope the sound plays. Um, I really do because – it's on my board, so if you didn't hear the first two sounds, you may not hear this one. So just let me know if you hear it. Um, this is Brandon yesterday on his show, Triple Shot Sports. Brandon basically, I, I chimed in because I like to watch their show, and I chimed in with one of my comments, like we just posted there. And I said, I love tuning in to watch the minor leaguers. And then Brandon replied with this, so let me know if you can hear it. So he basically says, he basically says, uh, you know, if whenever you have Jesse Bissonette on your show, you can't call other shows minor leaders. So he said, come at me, Jesse. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and tighten up these gloves right here. 
Coombs, I cannot believe that you have the gall. You you have the balls over there in Chicago to come at me. Let me tell you, you got your chance on podcasting on our show. On our show, my man, on Infinity Sports. We gave you one opportunity. You fell on your face. I don't know why I think Wayne felt guilty. We gave you a second opportunity for you to fall right back on your face. We had Brandon Coombs on about three months ago. We had Brandon Coombs on because he was doing a really neat segment, I thought, about MLB baseball players and the numbers that they wore and who wore the number or who was the best player for that specific number. And it was all decent. You know, Coombs seemed to be getting some some uh, some clickbait in some places. And let me tell you where he got the most clickbait and where he spent the most amount of time on our show going over. That is MLB jersey number five. Strikeout beer, Dylan Moran, Buck. I know all you guys are baseball fans. You all know some big number fives. This schmuck Coombs went with Noma Garcia Para as your number five. Are you kidding me? Over Joe DiMaggio? Over Albert Pujols? Over Johnny Bench? No, no. This guy calls himself an MLB expert, and that's what he gave us? Yuck. So then again, like I mentioned, Wayne must have felt bad because we pulled this guy back on again, and we gave him a silver platter. We said, you know what? Coombs, come on here and talk to us about your NFL division. Talk to us about the NFC North, my man. And you know what he did? He was horrible. He came in and said that the NFL NFC North division MVP is going to be Nick Foles. He might as well have just been wearing a Homer Simpson t-shirt. We brought up Wayne, myself, and Sully all had Aaron Rodgers as our MVP for that division. It was unanimous. It was a no-brainer. And he laughed and said, I just think he's going to have another one of those shitty Aaron Rodgers years. We all questioned him and asked him to point out which year was the Aaron Rodgers shitty year uh, because there isn't one. I've got right here that he actually holds the NFL record, Aaron Rodgers does, for the most consecutive passes without an interception. That's 402 consecutive passes without an interception. He holds the record for the best touchdown to interception ratio at 4.33 to 1. Shitty Aaron Rodgers, Akums. Watch the tape, my man. And I got one more for you. In the last 10 years, there's only been one quarterback that rivals that rivals Aaron Rodgers, and that's Tom Brady, as far as the NFL all-decade team. So don't tell me that he's garbage. So both these bad takes, and you know how he how he comes back from these two bad takes? He gets his own podcast? He gets three episodes a week? How'd you do that? How'd you do that, Coombs? Never mind. I know how you did it. I see your wedding invite right here. You and Buck. You and Buck getting married, my man. That's a joke. We're the minor leagues. Boo! So, obviously, Brandon uh, chimes in and says, a nice comeback. Might as well have just said, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> Please get your child off the keyboard. Type for yourself. Minor leagues. You got your chance on our show, my man. Now, we are getting some mixed uh, feedback because I see, obviously, Strikeout Beer has uh, said no sound. Um, and then we've got again, Brandon watching says, uh, I hear you fine. So, um, again, a mixed bag. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, check out beer saying, you know, it looks like your board isn't working. I, I'm having that issue. Jesse can't hear anything I play on the board sound wise. Now, the video I have saved on here, at least it's saved on the computer. It's not coming from the board, so you should be able to hear everything just fine there. Um, let's go to, uh, I know we talked about news. I always do this day in history. And I got some stuff written down here. So let's uh, start off with August 4th, 
1909. Now, this one's great for me. An umpire, Tim Hurst, spits in the face of A's second baseman, Eddie Collins, for arguing a call. <laughs> and then later that umpire is suspended for life. Now, I don't feel like it's that big of a stretch from what umpires do now. Like, they think the game's all about them. They toss guys for just looking at them funny. And I'd love to see a lot of Major League umpires get tossed for life. Yeah, I mean, specifically, there's that one instance where uh, the Tigers pitcher actually had the perfect game nullified because of a horrible call by that umpire. So there's never a great reason to have an umpire. They seem to be out there for themselves. So get them out of here. Uh, and back in the day, Eddie Collins is known as one of the best second basemen of all time. So to spit in that guy's face, I mean, even today, if anybody spits in my face, I'm coming at him. So I can't believe an umpire had, you know, the gall to do that to an amazing player. Well, and it went way back then. So, I mean, this whole umpire, you know, whole testosterone raging thing that's been going on. It's been going on for 100 plus years. And when I say umpires, I mean, I understand guys have to call out to the base and they do their best. They have instant replay just to overturn mistakes. But what kills me is when a guy throws a ball, it's literally two feet outside. Everybody can see it. It gets called for a strike. And all he does is he turns, he turns his head, looks at the umpire, and he's out of the game. You're out of here for just doing that. Come on, man. I mean, you got to be able to take it a little bit. Yeah, the, the umpire's favorite band is Tom Petty because of how petty they are. Uh, it's very hard to watch games when they're getting themselves involved. Now, i got more. Again, it's a, there is that delay, and like I said before we started the news, I just want to kind of throw up some of uh, Brandon's comments here. we got... Uh, did Wayne write that for you? <laughs> Here, come back, I guess. Um, followed by, we've got, I never said he was garbage. Uh, <laughs> and then... Aaron Martin's going to have another one of those shitty years. Yeah, man, you keep splitting hairs over there. You don't have many hairs to split. And then I got my shot on Wayne's show. So he did come on the show, and he, and he definitely, uh, you know, like I said, put up a fight on, on the whole... On Wayne's show? <laughs> No, Re I, recasted I, I, was Wayne and I. Infinity Sports is Wayne, myself, and Sully. That's that a one-person show. It's funny how you – I didn't even read that as a shot at you, but now, now I get it. <laughs> oh, man. He's, he's grasping right. for straws right here. Grasping for straws. All right. Continuing with the news here, August 4th, 1910, the Oakland A's and the Chicago White Sox play to a 0-0 tie after 16 innings. Now, you heard that correctly. Uh, zeros are tied. So that is the video that I have loaded up here. If you are a baseball fan, you must have seen this video. Hopefully, Jesse, you can hear this and you can react, because this is exactly what I thought of when I read this particular day in history. Go to Sorry, kid. We'll get him next inning. Uh, there ain't going to be a next inning. What are you talking about? That's 4-4. Four, four. No game can continue after 15 innings. So when do we make it up? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, baby. It's over. It's 4-4. Four, four. A ball game can't end in a goddamn tie. Come on, man. It's over. Let's go. I just love that face he makes at the end. Game can't end in a goddamn tie. I absolutely heard all that, Wayne. It was beautiful to see because there's no way that I would enjoy watching a game end in a tie. Uh, that doesn't mean that I enjoy these MOB rules for this year where they're starting people on second base or without. I think that's a bit of a joke and a stretch. Uh, but, yeah, you don't want to see any sport end in a tie. Overtimes are some of the most exciting parts of any game in history. I mean, I think back to Syracuse and UConn playing, I think it was five or six overtimes. So overtimes are exciting and you need them. You need a winner, though. 
you can't end anything in a tie. Yeah, I mean, I was going through, uh, and again, I didn't really have a chance to look up when they maybe passed a rule that games can't end in a tie unless it's a rain out or something that's made up. Um, but I was just writing it down. I thought, that's crazy. So like I said, when I saw game ends in a tie after 16 innings, I said, i got to find that Mr. Baseball clip because it's, it's hilarious. Very fitting. Uh, August 4th, 1984, Carl Lewis wins the 100 meters in 9.9 seconds. So it's his first gold medal. He wins four throughout you know his career, I think. And what is funny about this is when I saw the 9.9, again, another movie reference. We're going to get a lot of those today probably. I don't have the video for it, but I love the movie Cool Runnings. Uh, I'm sure you do as well. It's a Disney movie about the Jamaican bobsled team. Uh, but there's a scene where uh, you know Leon's character, uh, Darius Banning, is trying to talk to the, the coach, John Candy. And he's like, this is why you should coach the bobsled team. And the guy's like, well, your father ran the 100 meters in 10 seconds flat. He goes, well, I run it in 9-9. And I thought, perfect. So did Carl Lewis. 9-9. <laughs> you know, you mentioned that. And I'm just thinking, man, I wonder who broke that. I don't know who broke it, but I know Usain ended up getting 958 because we mentioned that in our 30 for 30 hopefuls was the fact that Usain Bolt ended up breaking that record. And then that's what I wanted the title of that 30 for 30 to be. So... Carl Lewis, and then a faster man in Usain Bolt. Yeah, 958's nuts. That's nuts. It's insane. Now, August 4th, 1993, Tony Gwynn gets six hits in an 11-10 to 10 win. It's the fourth time that season that he gets a five-hit or more game, which is a record. So, I mean, how good was Tony Gwynn? Uh, he was insanely good. I mean, I love to see these uh, statistics that come up on Facebook every once in a while. They talk about how amazing some pitchers are, and then they show – yet Tony Gwynn did this against them. You know, guys like Greg Maddox and some of the great pitchers of his era, and he still just made them look silly with just how amazing his hand-eye coordination was. Uh, I mean, it's too bad that, you know, rest in peace, he, he went with uh, the cancer, but uh, he did make a final stand there for uh, the, the dip. Uh, so uh, an amazing hitter, an amazing player, and an amazing person. Now, um, I have here August 4th, 2007. 32-year-old Alex Rodriguez becomes the youngest player to hit 500 home runs. Now, we have this conversation all the time. I know it's very big on Brandon's show, and it was on the Great Debate as a bonus section, which is steroid players in the Hall of Fame. I think Alex Rodriguez should be in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the greatest players of all time. Absolutely. I think the positional versatility, the fact that he was great offensively and defensively, uh, he certainly should be. He was amazing in Texas, in Seattle, in New York. Uh, any team he went to, he made a huge impact. I can't say that I didn't want him on the Red Sox back in the day. There were rumors about the Sox trading Manny Ramirez in a package to get A-Rod, and I was on board then. Uh, there are so many players that, you know, could have, should have, or would have, uh, you know, been on my team or did or did not use steroids. So this is one of those guys that unquestionably should be in the hall. Well, you mentioned trading Manny Ramirez for Alex Rodriguez. Obviously, both of them are right-handed hitters. I've made the argument before that Manny Ramirez is the best right-handed hitter in history. Like, I think he's just um, he's, he's the right-handed Barry Bonds, basically. I agree. I think that uh, on FBAS, where I do a lot of my discussions and on other platforms, you're going to see that that's, that's the majority um, you know, ruling there is that there's no greater right-handed hitter than Manny Ramirez. This guy could mash the ball. Bit of a head case, uh, especially towards the end of his career, but nobody could hit that ball like him as a righty. So he, he's an amazing guy. Now, going to August 5th, 1940, Browns pitcher John Whitehead pitches a no-hitter, but it's a six-inning game because of a uh, rainout. And I'm thinking, I feel like it has to be nine innings to be a no-hitter. Like, you can say you got the win, and I'm cool with that, but don't say you threw a no-hitter if you only pitched six innings. I agree. That's a cop-out for sure. 
August 5th, 1992, Cuba wins the gold medal in the Olympics for baseball. And I tried to look on the roster to see, all right, how many major league players were in Cuba at that time? Only one. I don't know if you remember this guy, uh, Orlando Hernandez, a.k.a. El Duque, pitched for the uh, Yankees. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've definitely remember him. Yeah, so he had defected. I mean, obviously his brother had already defected at that point and was pitching for the Marlins. His brother, LeBon Hernandez, won a World Series with the Marlins. They both defected from Cuba, but El Duque came afterwards. Yeah, I remember those two. There's been a influx of Cuban athletes since then. Uh, you know, I know the World Baseball Classic has also given them a bit of a highlight um, back in the baseball scene. But we know that Cuba and those other Latin American countries produce some of the best baseball players we've seen. Now, I don't, you know, we don't do a political show. We don't talk about a whole lot of political stuff. But just because of Cuba got brought up, obviously we have the trade embargo with Cuba because of uh, the Bay of Pigs slash whatever, the missiles being aimed at the United States at the time during the Cold War. And I feel like we're so far past that now. I mean, shouldn't we? I mean, Cuba used to be a big vacation destination like Bermuda or Hawaii. You know, people go to Cuba. Now it's just this desolate, you know, I know it's run by a dictator, but still, I mean, couldn't we open up a little bit to Cuba and stop with the whole trade embargo? I mean, Jesus, it was 50 years ago. Yeah, you would hope that at some point both sides have calm, cool, collect enough leaders that we can make that work. I mean, not just for the vacation aspect, but um, there's things that, you know, we could use from them and they could use from us. So uh, hopefully we can make it a prosperous relationship there in the future. No, I'm not sure what this one is. Uh, so uh, Brandon has here. I would hate these rules in 162, but for this season, I'm fine with whatever the MLB wants to do. Oh, you must mean the overtime, yeah, uh, the guy in second. Starting a man on second, um, you know, those types of things. Uh, you know, I don't love uh, those edits. I remember when we were first introducing them, Sully wasn't a fan either. Uh, I think that, you know, it kind of goes right in line with we don't want to end in a tie. We don't want to end in uh, a shitty way. And I think when you are forcing a player on a base or starting an inning with so many outs, uh, it's – it's not true to the game of baseball. And so I think for majority of fans, it's not something that we want to see. Maybe for a truncated season, we're okay in dealing with that. But for the most part, I think for every sport, we'd like to see it played just the way that we grew up watching it. Yeah, I think, well, I had this argument on the great debate. We're talking about baseball purists who I hate and baseball, the I guess. The rules. <laughs> yeah, not just the unwritten rules, but so many rules that are written even. Like, I'm all for innovation. So I'm okay with the second, the guy in second to start extra innings because it's not every inning; it's just extra innings, and both teams get a shot. It's not like only one team gets a shot and it's sudden death. It's like the the bottom of the inning gets to go too, and they get a guy in second. So it is kind of an even playing field there, but it speeds things along. I'm in favor of a pitch clock. I liked the radical rule, which Brandon hated, but I liked the radical rule, which was um, you know you could pinch hit a guy at any point in the game from another position in the lineup. So for example. Bottom of the ninth, you got seven, eight, nine up. You could pinch hit Mike Trout from three down to seven, but you can only do it once a game. So it involves some strategy. You have to figure out when you want to use it and whatnot. But you could you could actually have him hit back to back. So he could actually hit, you know, third, hit a home run, and then you switch him to fourth, and he he essentially he could be the first player to go back to back with himself. <laughs> yeah, I think we've seen some super strategic managers, uh, especially more recently, um, more in terms of the bullpen usage. I think when you get into the playoffs, um, using those pitchers to the best of your advantage, whether you uh, bring in starting pitchers out of the bullpen, but we've seen uh, more critical decision-making happening in baseball games. So hopefully we uh, continue to see that happen, um, and they're going to have to have it happen with these little, uh, little trinkets of things that are changing, the little tweaks that are happening from Manfred. At least, while, at least while we still have baseball. You know, I, I mean, with the, the recent 
COVID uh, in St. Louis. You know, we're seeing multiple games in the series be uh, canceled so far, and it's already a 60-game season. So it's, it's not looking fantastic for Manfred. Now, let me say, so I just brought up the little logo, but it's right on top of your head. So I figured we could do that, or I also have the alternate screen here. Oh, yeah, I like that. Right. I mean, it kind of still cuts off the infinity. Actually, we could then do this as well. Look at this. Boom. Now it's on your head. Boom. Perfect. Look at that. We're just like wizards over here. <laughs> All right. So wizards with a sound. You're a wizard, with a, Harry. <laughs> with a soundboard that doesn't work. Um, all right. So August 5th, 1999, Mark McGuire hits his 500th home run. Now we're going to have a little section today, like you mentioned, where we talk about does this guy belong in the Hall of Fame? Let's take steroids out of it. Mark McGuire had over 500 career home runs. He hit 70 for a season. Even if you said it's steroids related, all things equal across the board, would you put Mark McGuire in the Hall of Fame? He's only like a two, what, 260 hitter or something like that? I would. I think when you surpass 500 and, like you mentioned, you have 70 in one single season, the exciting race that he had with Sammy Sosa, he definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame. I, I've seen players with you know lesser averages uh, get in. So uh, this guy certainly belongs in the Hall of Fame. You know, when you bring that much excitement to the game and you bring the sport of baseball itself that much money, you deserve your, your place in the Hall. And the last one I have here, this is really just like a shame on the United States, shame on the country for this. August 5th, 2006, 14 years ago, Warren Moon becomes the first black quarterback in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it takes way too long for them to do the right thing, unfortunately. Uh, one of those reasons why you can throw your hand up and say, man, our country sucks. <laughs> um, so that kind of, now normally we would play fact or fiction today. That was kind of the goal. And I told my wife, I said, you know, it's not as much fun to do fact or fiction with only one person. you got to have, like, a competition. I mean, as much fun as it would be just to have you guess fact or fiction, you know, it's nice to have somebody going against you, you know. So for that reason, I decided, to, well, instead of fact or fiction, I'll just write down some crazy statistics or some crazy facts, and we'll just talk about them. Um, that could be fact or fiction, I guess. Uh, so this section, which would normally be fact or fiction, it's fact or fiction. Um, the uh, One of the things I posted on Facebook the other day was a, a statistic about Barry Bonds. It said his OPS in 2004 was 1.422. It said basically if you were to play a full 162-game season, go two for five every single game with a single and a home run, your OPS would be less than Barry Bonds in 2004. Yeah, it just sets him in a higher class. I think anybody that just looks at him as a guy that used juice, um, they're not truly looking at his hand-eye coordination, the amazing skills that this guy had. Uh, you know, he was a great ball player in Pittsburgh, but, you know, made the leap when he went to San Fran. And, you know, just I know that there have been so many statistics about this guy, but just, again, his hand-eye coordination, and I don't think there's anybody better that could see the ball hit the ball than Barry Bonds. Now, here's another crazy Barry Bonds stat. This is one that I actually uh, messaged Brandon with uh, yesterday or a couple days ago. So in 2004, Barry Bonds had 373 at-bats. He got on base 376 times. His walks don't count as at-bats. But he got on base 376 times. He had 373 official at-bats. Yeah, I know there were a lot of times. I mean, I didn't really know what an intentional walk was until I started seeing Barry Bonds be walked around you know pitched around so many times during his uh peak you know when you see pitchers and catchers just throw their arm over here and like that's not even waste our time put him on the base uh you know he obviously wasn't a huge steal threat at that point um but you know they'd rather put him on the base and give somebody else a chance than watch him mash another one to covey cove 
Now, what do you think about, again, talking about progressive rules? What do you think about the rule about an intentional walk? I'll just point the first and the batter can go down there. We don't have to throw any pitches. I like it. Like you mentioned, you know, speeding up the game. I don't like it when a pitcher has, you know, 30 seconds or more in between each pitch. So in one of the, you know, when both sides are going to agree to just speed the game along and put a guy on first, why are we going to waste the time to throw those pitches? You know, I, I mean, maybe in one case a pitch gets away from him and a guy moves ahead. It's not a huge benefit to the fan or the team. So I think just move it along. Don't put any extra strain on any pitcher at all. Um, and move it along and get right on to the next header. Now, here's a statistic. If you took away every one of Hank Aaron's 755 home runs, so he had zero for his career, he would still have over 3,000 hits. That is insane. Like, I think people underrate Hank Aaron as a hitter. Like, he was a really good hitter. Oh, yeah. I think everybody puts him in that, that upper echelon, that top tier of home run hitters. You know, you know Hank Aaron, you know, the, the home run king. Um, up until Barry Bonds broke it, you know, and some some fans are certainly going to question which one is the king. But uh, Hank Aaron, um, an amazing ball player outside of just what he could do mashing the ball um, to have over 3000 hits minus those home runs is just so impressive. Now, Frank Robinson uh, was another thing. He's the only player ever to win an MVP in both leagues. Oh, yeah. So. I've drafted him a couple of times in some drafts, and you, you find that stat. Um, if you want to see um, the MLB portrait of just the highest guy ever, it's it's Frank Robinson's uh, <laughs> Orioles picture. That guy is blitzed to the moon. I mean, he's higher than giraffe pussy. you got to check him out. <laughs> now, I always get him confused with Brooks Robinson. That's probably sacrilege to true baseball fans. But like, yeah, I always yeah. like, they're different colors, my man. I, know, I, just, I hear Robinson. I'm like, oh, yeah, which one is that? Um, I, didn't, I wasn't alive, much to you guys' dismay. I was not alive when either of them played, I don't think. Brooks Robinson, another number five that is better than Noma Gassiapara. How about this? Uh, Brett Favre's first career completion was to himself. That doesn't surprise me with how he ended his career, you know, making every <laughs> single thing about him. You know, he ended up retiring and unretiring more times than anybody in history. Uh, I remember ESPN following around his plane and, and sending people just to meet him at his truck, him sending dick pics. So with how conceited this guy is, that doesn't shock me at all that um, in some, you know, f- some fateful way, his first pass goes to him. Now, how about this one? I thought this was crazy, too. Jamie Moyer has pitched to 9% of all the hitters in Major League history. I mean, he certainly pitched forever. I remember him pitching for the Phillies for a while. Yeah, I mean, 25 years, it was a long career. But it just blew my mind. So 9% of every player who's ever played in the major leagues, he pitched to them. That's, that's, when you think about how many players are in the league and how long the league has been around, I mean, that's America's pastime. That is an insane stat. How about uh, the actual playing time for a major league baseball game is 9 minutes and 55 seconds? Commercials, baby. Got to make that money. Commercial, yeah, walking around the batter's box, like I said, knocking dirt out of your cleats, the pitcher, you know, doing the bag thing, and yeah, well, it's just, I gotta look no at the mind. signs. <laughs> you know, I, I always wondered the uh, the baseball signs, how difficult they are to figure out when you think about, like, they always the hat and the chin and the, the things, and I know that there's, like, uh, an indicator, and then there's a sign, so, for example, like, if, if steel is touching your ear, but in order to set up that a sign is coming, you have to touch your nose, right? So if I go like chin, chest, ear, don't steal. That's like Simon says, yeah. But nose, chest, now you got to steal because I had the nose first. So 
when I was in high school, our steal sign was my coach would lean against the dugout and cross his legs and talk to you. So if he had his legs crossed and he said, hey, let's go, Wayne. Come on, keep your eye on the pitcher. That meant steal because he was talking to you while his legs were crossed. That's smart. Yeah. Pretty good. He was actually a really, really, really good baseball player. Um, let's see what we got here. John F. Kennedy's golf club sold at auction in 1996 to Arnold Schwarzenegger for $772,000. Now, obviously, he married into the family, so I wonder if it was something he was doing just to keep the clubs in the family. That wouldn't shock me. You know, Arnold's a, a wonderful uh, movie actor, somebody that, you know, we've seen in tons of movies, um, but also a sports fan um, and someone who uh, made his claim to fame in bodybuilding. So for him to keep that in the family, you know, a family heirloom of sorts, uh, that's really uh, generous genuine of him what's your uh, your favorite schwarzenegger movie uh it's probably cliche but i am going to say terminator yeah i think for me it's uh, a toss-up between twins um and With Vito, yeah. yeah and uh, last action hero I, I i gotta say i haven't seen that one really cool i actually told my daughter to have a dream about it the other night she's never seen it either but basically what it is, the premise is... I my daughter to have a dream yeah. about it. Is that how dreams well, work, Wayne? <laughs> I'm starting backwards. Yeah, I'm doing a memento here. So I'm starting at the end, and then I'm going to zip back to the beginning. Um, so basically, in the movie, this kid has a, a magic ticket that allows him to go into movies in the theater. And so his favorite actor is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's the, the Jack Slater. He's going to see Jack Slater oh, 4. Okay, yep, now I remember it. Yeah. So he, anyway, so... I, like a Jack the Ripper or something like that? Yeah, so like the bad guy has like an axe, he's got like a weird face, and yeah. but but the bad guy is played by from uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Tyrion's dad. Okay, yep. He's he's also the actor in. Uh, if you guys are comedy fans, uh, Your Highness, he is the father of Franco and Danny McBride in that movie. Um, I'm not gonna remember the actor's uh, name here, so uh, he'll forgive us when he watches this. <laughs> But uh, I'll certainly have to rewatch that movie with my daughter because it's one that I remember now that you actually explain it, but not one I remember just off the cuff. Yeah, I, I like the comedy stuff he does. It's, uh, I like the funniness. Um, so here we go. Let's see. Uh, how many cows? I'm going to give you a guess here. This is kind of like a fact or fiction, but I'll give you a guess. How many cows to supply every football for an NFL season? I'm going to go with 300. Ooh, 3,000. Oh, I was close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're off by 90%. Um, <laughs> no, I thought it was going to be higher than that. I thought it would be like 10,000, so I was surprised when I saw 3,000. That's uh, an off-the-wall uh, trivia question there. How many cows make a football season? <laughs> that's right. Um, how about this one? Uh, Michael Phelps has more gold medals than 97 countries have. I'm going to say a fact. <laughs> yeah, that's what I guess. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a weird set. So he's like, if he were his own country, he would be 35th in gold medals. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there's that amazing picture of him where I think he's, he's wearing all of them, displaying all of them, um, at least all of them that he won in one particular uh, event. So he, he's a superstar. I know that Sully wanted to see a 30 for 30 on him, and he certainly deserves it. Did you know that the Chicago Bulls the year that Michael Jordan averaged 37.1 points per game, his career high, they were under 500 that year. That doesn't shock me. I mean, the, what year was that again? 86-87. Yeah, so uh, they didn't really have much on the team at that point. I mean, Harper wasn't there, was he? Uh, the, Rob, Rodman wasn't there. 
Not no Grant, no Pippen. Grant, yeah. So BJ Armstrong probably not there either. So uh, yeah, I mean that that team really had nobody, um, and he had to do everything, wear it all on his shoulders. That's probably why his ankles went. <laughs> all right, let's see. Six of Tim Tebow's seven wins in 2011 were come from behind wins. That doesn't shock me. You know, when you got the Lord on your side, you can do anything. <laughs> I, I really am still shocked he didn't get a starting job after Denver. I mean, you won a playoff game. You threw for 330 yards against the number one defense in the NFL. Uh, I just don't understand. That was the Steelers, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and he just beat them in that playoff game. I, I honestly think he deserved uh, another chance. When you think of some of the guys that we still see in the league, you know, Mike Glennon, uh, Coombs boy, Mitch Trubisky, there are guys that don't belong in the league, and there are guys that certainly deserve more chances. So it sucks when a guy like that who um, did absolutely nothing to lose his opportunity, um, it's not like he had off-the-field problems. He had the opposite. I mean, people say he had baggage, but I don't think that's baggage at all. I think the guy was nothing but a winner on the field and in the locker room. How about from 1970 to 1979, Jack Nicholas finished in the top 10 in 35 out of 40 majors? Uh, for a second, I thought you said Jack Nicholas. I thought this was going to be like a front row seat to the Lakers question. Uh, but, uh, Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, you know, Jack Nicholas is, is uh, one of the goats. Um, you know, I personally have Tiger Woods as the goat of golf, but uh, when you have that type of record, it's it's it starts to be hard to question. Here's the baseball one for you. Again, we'll keep we'll turn it into a little bit of a trivia here. How many World Series rings does Babe Ruth have? I'm going to go with two. Really? He has four. Um, but I thought he'd have a lot more. I mean, he's the greatest player of all time. He played in the Murderer's Row. He just – only four World Series rings. Yogi Berra has 13. Oh, yeah. I mean, I knew that the most ever was going to belong to a Yankee, but I didn't think they started to really kind of hit their stride until just after him. You know, he's super notable from going from the Sox to him and him being the GOAT to some, but I didn't think he had that many rings. I mean, I thought two was a decent guess. Now, shortly after Wilt Chamberlain had his 100-point game, he had a game where he had 25 points, 22 rebounds, 21 assists. To this day, nobody has ever done 20-20-20 besides uh, him. That, that doesn't shock me. He is, I think, you know, the best athletic specimen that the NBA has ever seen. I think that, like you and Sully will, will fight for, I'm not going to be as advantageous on the keyboard um, on Facebook. But uh, I will say it right here for anybody to listen to live and whenever they want on uh, all the plat platforms they want. But Wilt Chamberlain is the best athlete the NBA has ever seen. When you consider all the stuff that the athletes of today have, Wilt did not have that. And he could do things that players today can't even dream of. Yeah, I actually uh, watched this interview and it was Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell and Ahmad Rashad was interviewing them. And it was great because at one point Ahmad Rashad asked Wilt Chamberlain, he goes, uh, how many points per game would you average in today's NBA? Because this must have been 1995, 97 range, right? Because how many points per game would you average in today's NBA? And uh, Will Chamberlain goes, you mean now at this age? <laughs> and uh, like, no, 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 when you were younger. And Bill Russell goes, I'll tell you what. And Will Chamberlain goes, no, no, I can talk for myself. <laughs> he goes, listen. <laughs> he goes, if I played today at 60 years old, I'd average 30. If I played when I was 30, I'd average 60. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, today when I mean, again, you, he was asked that question before the three point line had really exploded to what it has become now with Steph Curry and other players. Um, but I don't think it would have mattered. This guy would have played uh, amazing defense offense. Um, that 2020 20 game is an impeccable feat. And the last one I have.
here for Crazy's made 142 consecutive cuts. That surpassed Jack Nicholas, who had made 105 consecutive cuts. Third place, 40. When you consider golf is you have to defeat the field and you have to defeat the course. Golf is one of the toughest sports out there. Uh, I know I see you wearing the, the Nike right now. When's the last time you found yourself on a golf course, Wayne? So I was really, really, really into it in my 20s. And I played every single day. And I mean, literally, there was no days off. I played every single day. And I just started playing again two years ago. And then last year, I played a couple of times and just gave it up. Gave it up, huh? It's it's one of my favorite sports in the world. But if you're not amazing at it, like I was really, really, I wasn't Tony Romo good, but I was really good at it. And to then start over again after like 10 years, and to have to start basically start over from scratch, it was, I was like, I can't do this. It's the mechanics. You have to have the correct mechanics, and your body changes, so you can't have the correct mechanics 10 years later. Are you saying my body didn't look like this in uh, you know, 2003? <laughs> I can agree. I remember you passed pass me on the basketball court back in the day. When I was a teenager, you were making me look silly. So I hate to give you props, but it is what it is. Hey, it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Now, I was wrong. The last uh, one that I had was actually the year that Roger Maris hit 61 home runs. He wasn't intentionally walked once. I, I doubt intentional walks were as big of a thing back then as, the, as they were when Barry Bonds was doing his thing. Now, I say in 2004, Barry Bonds was intentionally walked 120 times. That's It's insane how many times a team and a pitcher back then was just like, no, no, not him. Somebody else do it. <laughs> I mean, this was the first guy I ever saw intentionally walked with the bases loaded. I mean, and you had to think he was getting intentionally walked multiple times in a game. So just, you know, to, to be up at the plate and know that a team up there doesn't even want to give you a chance. I always wonder, like, you know, if you're hitting behind him, how do you feel? Like, yeah, I would rather pitch to that guy. <laughs> uh, hopefully you feel like you're licking your chops and, you know, you've been in batting practice waiting for these opportunities because it should come to no surprise that you're going to be the one there ready to just clear the plate. Now, we do come to our last segment, the Infinity Five. And since nobody can hear the music, I'll just put the little screen up quick. Well, hold on here, Wayne. Are we not going to give ourselves a few minutes to talk about the Hall of Fame or not? No, because we got like 10 minutes or so. So I figured I'll just uh, we'll jump into the Infinity. We'll do the Hall of Fame thing with Dan. All right, all right. It gives me more time to do research. I didn't even have the list in front of me. So. The thing I did the most research for, you schmuck. <laughs> all right, so there's the Infinity Five logo. You guys have seen it before. Usually we have the... Uh, you know, Infinity War music plan, but I don't have it today. So let's just talk Infinity Five. We're talking our top five celebrity crushes. Now, I'm assuming you didn't mean of all time. You kind of mean like right now? I mean, to be honest, I went with all time, but I would still, as of today, Wednesday, August 5th, 2020, I would still steal a smooch from all five of these ladies I put on my Infinity Five. Okay, well, because my number one of all time, and not so much anymore. Like she's Wayne, not in the Wayne, Wayne's number one all time is Betty White, isn't it? Yeah, yeah she was a smoker. When <laughs> she was younger. Rose from. <laughs> I will say that. No, speaking of old time actresses, I, I looked up a picture. My uh, sister had texted me and asked me to send her a picture. I don't know why she couldn't look it up herself. Of Audrey Hepburn, and she was a smoke show. My oh, God, she was gorgeous. Oh, absolute smoke. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Um, but so I just did now. So my number one all time is actually Kim Cattrall from the movie Mannequin. Most people know her from Sex and the City, but she was in the movie Mannequin. I had my first ever celebrity crush on her, and to this day, I still when I watch Mannequin, I'm like, man, I still remember having those feelings. But my top is five. That list, your number, is that your number five or your number one? 
No, no, they're not on the list. I said that they aren't on because I didn't do all time. Like, she is definitely not modern day on my list. So. Okay, okay. But, but back then, I was like, yes, I'm all in on Kim, Kim Cattrall. Okay. So, yeah, so let's do it. I guess we do top five uh, today. And yeah, if you want... I want you to go first. When you, you give me the, the opportunity to uh, go first a lot, and I want you to go first. Give me your number five. Give the people right. your number five. My number five is Jennifer Lopez. Uh, she's just a smoke show. She that always has Super been. Bowl, baby. Yeah, she she's always been gorgeous. And, and I'm not a big booty guy, so that's not what appeals to me. Believe it or not, this is going to sound corny and cheesy, but maybe any of our female listeners will go, oh, I love her smile. She has such a beautiful smile. And uh, that's what gets me every time I watch a movie with her in it, is, is, that, is her smile is just incredible. No, man, it's that booty. You could pull up any music video. You could pull up the Super Bowl performance with her and Shakira. That booty, you know, I, I, I'm usually a, a booby over booty guy, um, but any season is ass-eating season when you're uh, J-Lo. And uh, A-Rod, we brought him up earlier in the episode, and what a lucky guy to be engaged to J-Lo right now. Uh, my number five is uh, it's pretty close. <laughs> so, that just sounds coming. <laughs> uh, my number five is probably pretty close to the, to the same age, and uh, that's somebody that I fell uh, – madly in crush with uh, when I saw her in Tomb Raider, and that was Angelina Jolie. Uh, her performance as Lara Croft, uh, her her breasticles uh, inside that shirt, um, her holding the, you know, the pistols. Uh, she is an absolute smoke show. Uh, she's got the most luscious full lips I've ever seen, um, and Angelina Jolie is my original, my OG celebrity crush. Yeah, she's great. Nothing wrong with her, and I think even to this day, I love Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and I, first of all, it's just it's a it's a fun movie, and, and I like. Were Brad they together Pitt. at the time? That's where they met. He was married to Jennifer Aniston at that time, and allegedly that's kind of where they hooked up. Yeah. So, uh, which hey, you see her in that movie, you kind of. Right. And I know a lot of people have a lot of love for Jennifer Aniston. Sorry, she she can't hold the candle to uh, uh, Angelina Jolie. Well, Brad Pitt, that motherfucker. I mean, to be able to dip it in both. I mean, Jennifer Aniston is a smoke in her own right, though. To be. Her in uh, the, uh, what was that movie? We're the Millers. Oh, yeah. Her in Horrible Bosses. Oh. <laughs> um, my number four is going to be Emma Watson, uh, Hermione Granger. Definitely. Wow, Joe Biden on the podcast, guys. Nah, because she's, she's like 25 now or something. But anyway, she, uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast, if you want to go with a, a role where she's a little bit older. But That's just, nice. yeah, just a, just a really pretty face, you know, um, I know that my old roommate Steve would say, of course she's on my list because she has a flat chest. Uh, he said that that's kind of my MO. But um, just, just again, pretty face, pretty smile. You're going to find my entire list is like that. Uh, that's very cute and well-rounded of you. Uh, I remember Emma Watson from the Harry Potter movies. I mean, the back of my phone case is Harry Potter. I'm obsessed with that whole series. Uh, way too innocent and, and kind for me, even though she certainly fills out and looks beautiful in Beauty and the Beast. Um, just way too cutesy for me. Uh, my number four is a bit older, and I'm staying domestic. Uh, you guys remember her from uh, the Fantastic Four that didn't suck, and that is Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba, to me, has that, that tan skin. Um, she has some very nice curves, and uh, she um, has just always blown me away. Um, I'll watch a movie just to look at her. I don't even, I'll watch it on mute. Jessica Alba is fantastic, and, and she was, you know, in Dark Angel, I think when I first saw her, 
And from that good point, luck, good luck, Chuck, with Dan Cook. She's been in a couple movies. Yeah, and she and she's aged very well. Not not all people do. So she still looks great. Um, I guess let me ask you, going back to Emma Watson for a second. You said you're a big Harry Potter fan. There's part of me, maybe it's just because I'm a pervert, but there's part of me that thinks in the Deathly Hallows Part Two, when her and Harry were out camping in the woods for months at a time, I thought, man, if I was Harry Potter, you know they got it on. I mean, you know, Ron is suspicious of it, and I know it happened. It had to have happened. Oh, absolutely. You could tell Ron was pissed. You know, he was very curious. Uh, he was, uh, he had it in his mind, uh, you know, so I'm actually shocked that Hermione ended up with Ron over Harry. I know when I started the series, that's not where I saw him going, um, but he gets the last laugh. He ends up uh, boinking Hermione in the woods and then uh, marrying Ginny. Yeah, hey, good for him, you know. And, and Ginny's look- not a bad ginger either. No, uh, I'm not a big ginger guy, but speaking of gingers, um, LeBron is the best athlete the NBA has ever seen. Wrong. Now, Will Chamberlain uh, was way better of an athlete. And no, LeBron, LeBron's a freak athlete. He is a freak athlete. But Will Chamberlain at seven foot two could bench press five hundred pounds. He could bench press four hundred when he was fifty years old. He had he ran the hundred meters in eleven seconds. Bring up his you speed, know? yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, he, he had a 40, I think they said 48 or 47 inch vertical, which even if it's exaggerated, it was like 40. At 7 2, he, he hit his elbow on the top of the backboard. You know? Yeah, I mean, everybody, the host of Triple Shot Sports is uh, Brandon, prisoner of the moment, Coombs. <laughs> uh, was, Will couldn't play all five positions. Well, I didn't say he's the most skilled player of all time, so it's, what are we talking about here? Ladies um, and gentlemen, this is Coombs showing you just how. He is. <laughs> um, athletically, he could play all five positions, but I'm not saying he was a good ball handler as Koozie or something like that. Um, and then, of course, he's given us his top five. He's got all five. Okay, he's got all five, so we'll revisit that when we get done ours. Yeah. Um, I'm at number three, right? Yeah, your third. Okay, Carrie Underwood, um, to me, is just a smoke show. Carrie Underwood, the first time I saw her on American Idol, and she's got just an incredible voice. She is just amazing, and she's a country singer, which I love because I'm a country fan. But most importantly, Jesse, what does she have that I love? She has that smile. Great smile. Such a good smile. Uh, I certainly don't mind Carrie Underwood. I did think for a while um, if I was going to put a music artist on my list. I ended up not putting any music artists on my list, even though there's plenty that I could have put on there. Um, Honorable mention, and I may get some slack for this, but I love Iggy Azalea. I think she has a smoking hot bod. Uh, same with Cardi B. So those are my two that right now. I would I would not want to listen to them, but I would look at them. Uh, I would look at them sweat. Total opposite. I mean, two busted faces right there. See, I'm going pretty smile. You're going busted face and nice body. I'm, I'm, looking, guess. I'm looking for the body here. If I'm crushing on you, it's not on your smile and your eyes. Um, <laughs> but but my number three, and I know all the guys watching and listening have seen this girl. You've seen her over a a hot rod vehicle back in the Transformers movie. And that's Megan Fox. What a foxy lady. Uh, this was um, the peak uh, male crush, I think, for a couple years here. Megan Fox is just smoking hot, just scolding hot. Megan Fox, like you said, her peak was her first movie. Because after that, it was, you don't need it was to do all anymore. done. You don't need to yeah. do any more. She should have jumped into pornos after that. Uh, yeah, you couldn't do anything after that. Uh, nothing that I would want to watch. Although I, I will say that, I don't know if you've seen the movie, This Is 40, which was kind of like a sequel to Knocked Up. Yep. So she works at the shop where you know they they work. And I think it's funny that the scene where Paul Rudd goes in, she's up on the ladder and he like, looks up and he says to his wife, like, she's not wearing any underwear. And she goes, yes, she is. He said, no, I, I just I walked by and she's not wearing any underwear. 
She goes, no, she's totally wearing underwear. He goes, oh, does it look like her vagina? Because <laughs> so, Paul Rudd's amazing. I love Paul Rudd. He's so, so good. Um, my number two is going to be, was my number one for a really, really, really long time. And just got bumped out, I'm going to say five years ago, maybe, but was number one for a long stretch. Ever since I saw in the theater, Star Wars Episode One. Natalie Portman has been my girl. Um, just wow. be- just beautiful. Um, I mean, episode one, Phantom Menace, she was great. She was great in all three of those. I mean, the movies weren't great, but she looked great in all three of them. V for Vendetta looks fantastic. I loved her in that. Yeah. Um, what's the one she did with Ashton Kutcher, Friends with Benefits, or No Strings Attached? It was one of those two. Because Justin Timberlake did the other one. Yeah. But, I mean, she is just – oh, Black Swan with Mila Kunis. Perfect, right? I mean, the two of them. So, I mean, she's just naturally beautiful, great smile. And again, not a great body. She's kind of a twig figure, you know, but just really pretty. Yeah, speaking of Myla Kuna, she's not going to make my list, but the movie uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, you actually see her boobies. Yep, you do. Not upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and not, not, not to take away from her, in that movie, I thought Jason Segel was hilarious in that movie. And I learned the, uh, the Dracula musical, and I actually sang it all the time. <laughs> oh, I mean, Jason Segel was hilarious in there. Jonah Hill, Russell Brand. I think that's one of the most underrated comedy movies out there. All right, so for my number two, and this was my number two for a while until I ended up getting a sickness for the thickness. Uh, so my number one for the longest time, and uh, she's been in a lot of things, but most recently she's been in a couple Marvel movies, and that is Scarlett Johansson. Man, to see Scarlett Johansson in that Black Widow gear, uh, that black leather, uh, it's doing things to me right now. My acorn just wiggled, Wayne. Um, well, Scarlett Joe with the red hair. Ah. Now, wait till I tell you that the outfit, the black leather that she wore was so tight that she couldn't wear underwear in it. Oh, man, I just made a mess. <laughs> so, my number one uh, overtaking Natalie Portman, uh, like I said, about five years ago, is Miley Cyrus. I'm such a big Miley Cyrus fan. Again, another kind of stick figure kind of person and beautiful smile. I love her smile. But the thing that I love about her, and this is when I started getting to my whole crazy thing, she's got like the crazy look to her. Like she's a little bit nuts. And there's, on a some, ball, Wayne. there's something so sexy about a crazy woman. Like I, we talk about Harry Potter. Something about Bellatrix is hot. I don't know what it is. Like she's just crazy, and I love it. And so Miley Cyrus is real life crazy, and she's easy on the eyes. Yeah, there. I, I can't uh, be dishonest with you here, Wayne. There's a couple of music videos uh, that I will put on just so I can watch her shake her hips and smile. Uh, she does have one of the best smiles that uh, can be seen these days. Um, you don't see it all too often. She was certainly more available on Hannah Montana, which I'm sure your daughter watched. You have two real youngins on your list here, Wayne. Watch out. Um, but uh, Miley Cyrus is, is a bit of a smoke now that she's uh, grown into her form. Um, hopefully she gets a little less crazy, though. Uh, my number one, and again, um, kind of snuck up. Um, I really didn't know about her until a couple years ago. Uh, maybe not a ton of people will know about her, but she is the first plus-size supermodel that ended up on the cover of Sports Illustrated. That is Ashley Graham. Uh, she just recently had a baby, but oh my, if you love a voluptuous, curvy woman... This is it. I mean, if you're ever on Facebook or on the Internet and you're scrolling through and you see some voluptuous woman just modeling lingerie, I guarantee nine times out of ten, it's Ashley Graham. Uh, she has every curve that you'd want and then more. I would I would lick I would bathe in her sweat, Wayne. I would. 
All right. Well, on that note, let's, let's see what we got for Brandon's list. Uh, so, Brandon, Megan Fox, number one. Uh, Alyssa Milano. Gwen Stefani. Shakira is a really good pick. Um, Gabrielle Union. So, I like Gabrielle Union, too, but I don't know if it's since she got with Dwayne Wade, she's kind of fallen off a little bit. I, I do agree. Ever since she's uh, started uh, having Dwayne Wade eat her bum bum, uh, it's not, <laughs> not as exciting. But I remember seeing her in the Bad Boys 2 movie, and uh, at that point, she'd have certainly made my top five. Yeah, she was great in that. Um, but yeah, so I, I have no problem with uh, Gabrielle Union. I just like I said, I, she wouldn't be as high on my list just because I don't know. I, something that I did like her at first, and she kind of fell off. Um, that's kind of we, we've kind of like you know, just giving you guys all the pervertedness we can. I do want to throw one more ad up there for next Monday because it's less than a week away. You can hear Ronnie Fields on a show. 7 p.m. He's going to talk about playing with KG, talk about what it's like to be the number two high school player in the country. Did he play against Kobe? What is it like going to, um, you know, the, basically the pros out of high school? Because so he had enrolled at uh, DePaul, but his ACT scores came in too low. So he couldn't play there. And so he went and played in the CBA instead. And I'm curious you know, that that transition from being just this dominant high school player to playing against men instead of continuing to play against kids. Um, and what that transition was like, because KG made the jump the year before, so I wonder if he need many pointers or anything like that, or if they're even still in touch. I, mean, I don't want to make the whole thing about him and KG, but curious, you know. Yeah, you have to wonder, uh, you know, what the trajectory for Ronnie would have been if he'd have gone to DePaul and then continued his progression towards the league, because he's certainly one of the most skilled guys that we saw at the high school level. Um, I know that we've talked about how Chicago is an absolute breeding ground. You know, Anthony Davis, KG, Derrick Rose, and many, many more. So this will be an awesome opportunity for us to have our biggest star so far. Um, this guy has such a story to tell, and I hope that all of you guys, all you fans, join in with us in, in being with Ronnie Fields, just asking him questions and just soaking up the experiences that this guy's had. Uh, this is going to be a highlight of Infinity Sports for sure. And one more time, just kind of check us out, Infinity Sports Podcast on Facebook. That's where you're probably watching this now. Tell your friends to watch it on here. Tell them to watch it in the RTF Sports Network. Infinity Sports Podcast on Instagram. I'm making a lot of connections out there. That's where I met Ronnie. And, uh, you know, obviously follow us on there. We have all kinds of posts on there, way more posts than we have on Facebook. And Sports Infinity 5 on Twitter. I try to get all three at the same time, but it doesn't always work out that way. Um, and other than that, I guess if you want to throw it to Kenny, again, I don't know if anybody's going to hear the noise, but I'll still play it anyways. Absolutely, Kenny. We're talking NBA Hall of Famers next time. Uh, you ready? 